No, I don't. Oxycurrent don't work. <laughs> okay, so that that's that's great. So how can someone who is not, you know, who is a student in college or could just be coming out of high school, you know, start trading options and not have any type of income? Like, what are some resources that you use to build capital, which allow you to to get started trading? So I started with $500. Um, I started on Christmas. Um, I got $500 for Christmas. I just took that $500 and I just said, okay, bet. We're going to use this for options. I put it into my option trading account. I turned it into 2000 in about two weeks. And then I was like, bet. We about to go. <laughs> we about to take this farther. We about to go crazy. And I kind of started, like, you don't really have to have, like, a large amount. I still recommend having, I recommend having, 500 to maybe like a couple hundred to about a thousand maybe like just to start out and then from there you could just build it up gradually because it's not about necessarily like how much you need to make because you can make money with like I could put a hundred dollars in my account and make money with I could just find smaller stocks or smaller options contracts that I can buy and then build it up like that I know a friend I have a friend she used she started with 26 dollars in her account and she just bought like very small, like this, because again, Apple's like 160, but there's some companies that's like $10 or $11. And then they have their options contracts are extremely small or cheap. So she can buy those and then build that up from there. And now she's at like five, six figures now on hers because she gradually built it up from that point. So if you're in college, just, you could easily like, you could literally get like, for example, you could get snacks and sell those to school and stuff like that. Or you could just find like a side hustle or something like that. So like, for example, if you're a girl, you do hair or you're a guy, you do hair. Literally just cut some, cut some hair, do some hair, braid some hair. Let's say it's a hundred dollars to do hair. Cool. You do a, five people's hair for a hundred dollars. Um, and now you got $500. Now you can start putting it into your trading account and do that. And now, first off, you can turn that into a whole business too, because you're literally doing hair now and making a lot of money from that. So you can literally do, let's say 10 hairs a week. And you can make a thousand dollars, and now you can take that thousand and put that into your trading account, and then trade that up. Now, even if you trade, and you're practicing and stuff like that, and you lose that money, you can literally just do ten more hairs, and then keep doing it and learning. So now, because I've taken, I've actually tried tried a challenge where I took a thousand and turned it to ten thousand in about a month and a half, about a month in like five or four days or something like that. Um, and it was from the thousand to ten thousand. I didn't add or take any money out. I literally just let that thousand compound at the ten thousand. And I tried to go for ten percent a day. That was it. And then from that point, it turned into ten thousand. So literally, you just need like a small amount, and you just have to know how to do it. So if you're actually really dedicated to actually learning the skill set, you'll be fine. So I, that's what I recommend for anybody. So if you're in college, just leverage because again, you're on campus with like five thousand to. 30, 40, 50,000 people. So leverage those people. Those people have needs. Those people need stuff. So if they need something, provide them a solution. So if they need, for example, if they need, let's say there's, you you know a website or you have a, a way of getting them books for cheap. You can, be, and you know a website basically. Don't tell them the website. Be like, hey, I can get you these books for cheaper, but you pay me this much and you can get this much. Now, let's say you charge them Let's say there's a $200 book they want to get, right? And you tell them you can get it to them for $50, but they only got to pay you $50 to get it. Now, you can literally buy the book for $50, keep the other $50 because uh, you bought it from a website or something like that cheaper. You give it to them and you make $50 of profit. 
you can do that for how many kids? Like 10,000 kids <laughs> who need your help getting, because they don't want to pay that much for books. They could pay $100, half of what they were going to pay anyway, to get a book yeah. from you or learn how to do it. Sign me up. I'm buying that. Now you got, <laughs> let's say, $50 for, let's say, 10% of 10,000 people. You, may, you just go around every day to the dorms, to the classrooms, to everything, and you just meet 10,000 people. And let's say 1,000 of them get it. So now you got 1,000 people paying you, let's say, for one book, they're paying you $50. That's fifty thousand dollars right there, off of just helping them get a book that they are they need the book they need the book for class and you're just getting it to them for cheap and you're just providing a service to them and they're paying you fifty dollars minimum. So if there's a three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollar book, six hundred dollar book, then you can increase the price but still keep it cheaper than whatever they're paying for the book. That's a solution for them. And now yeah. you just made fifty thousand dollars. You made a yearly salary. And God knows how much time, like a couple months or something like that, or a couple weeks. Like, it's just thinking like that, that can help you actually get to that, like, level where you actually have a whole bunch of money to use. I actually didn't even think about that. That's like, I might try that, too. Like, that's actually kind of cool. Actually, I might probably do that, too. See, like, that's the one thing, like, college actually, like, has a really good benefit from. You can leverage them so well. There's It's a whole group of people that are your art audience. So just figure out what they need and just provide them. You can literally make so much money off of them. It's crazy because they're getting paid by their parents. They're getting paid from a job, something. So they have to have money because they otherwise they can't really do anything. So it's just no, it's no reason not to, it's no reason not to have money in college, in my opinion. No, that's, that's well said. And that's well said. And I definitely want to, um, Going to detail, you know, your trading, your type of trading is, is more in terms of day trading, but it's different type of trading, swing trading, elite trading. Yeah. Um, so I want you like to, I guess, break down each one and why you decide to stick with day trading compared to, you know, doing swings or leap. Um, and just, yeah, so you can go off like that. Yeah. So to be honest, I like day trading because it kind of just fits me a little bit better, but I started with swing trading. Like the first thing I did was I started with swing trading and then um, I transitioned into day trading. Once I actually had the 2000, I started transitioning into day trading. And then also I just like day trading because it sounds cooler. Like it just, it's like I can make a thousand in a day rather than making like 2000 in two weeks. It just sounds better, you know? So yeah. I was like, all right, cool. I can just day trade. And also it's like, it's just like kind of waking up. It keeps me consistent too. It keeps me disciplined. Cause like with swing trading, I could just get something and buy it. And then I'm waiting like days, weeks, months, you know, depending. And it also depends on how much money I have. So for example, if I put a thousand into a swing trade and let's say I get a 200% return, then I'm probably making like, um, I probably make three $2,000 profit on that trade, right? Off of maybe a month or two. But I can day trade and probably turn that because remember, I took a month to turn a thousand into 10,000 because mm-hmm. I'm disciplined, I'm consistent, and my strategy works. So it just, it doesn't really. So the more money you have, typically, the more money you have and the more patience you have, the better. Because I'm not really that patient. Like, I'm, you could tell I'm just not like really like a patient person where it's like, I'm like, I'm I'm diligent, but I'm not really like patient with certain things. I'm not patient with myself. I'm not really patient with how I grow. I'm just not. So it doesn't really fit me that well. 
But I know once I get a certain amount of money in my account, it's like, okay, bet. Swing trading is easy. I could just put this into here, here, here. And then I could just do swings here. And then I can literally just put money. Instead of me saving money, I could put my money into swing trade. And then from there, that's just another. I feel like swing trading is a way for me to properly save my money. Like properly put my money aside where I don't have to touch it, but it still is growing. That's what I see it as. That's what I said. And I guess I want to ask this, you know, because um, statistically, you know, just to bring the numbers into the game, you know, most traders, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, about 97% or very close to that, you know, they don't make money, they lose money. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, just to put in perspective for everyone, you know, I want to ask you, what makes a successful trade? Like, what are certain things that you do that helps you be consistent over time to make profit? Um, so let me ask that first. Yeah, what are certain things that you do that helps you be consistent in making profits week, week, week to week out? So there's a few, there's a, just a small group of things that you need. You need to have, you need to have patience. You need to have discipline. And you need to have emotional control. If you need it, if you do not have emotional control, you will fail. And there's four things typically that cause people not to have emotional control. And there's that's fear, it's arrogance, cockiness, and um, greed. So those four things usually kill people. So emotions usually dictate majority of everything when it comes to the options, there's two, there's usually, for, for, let's make it super simple. It's two things, two, two things, that, that's it. Your strategy and your emotional intelligence. That's it. That's, that's literally all it is. So your strategy, your strategy is your risk management. How are you protecting your account? How are you making money? When do you enter? When do you exit? Uh, when do you scale out? When do you scale in? When do you, when do you, when do you do anything? Like, because you, you, you know with businesses, there's SOPs for your business. Yeah. Your strategy is SOPs for how do you make money? How do you trade? That's basically what I like to look at it as. And if you don't have those SOPs in place, it's going to be very hard for you to scale your business or very hard for you to scale your account in terms of trading, right? So your strategy is, that's the important thing. The next thing is emotional intelligence. Like I said, fear, greed, arrogance, and cockiness. Those are typically the biggest things that go down. I'll talk about greed first. If somebody is greedy, Let's say they make, let's say they put $1,000 into a trade and they up 50%. They up $500, right? So mm -hmm. they're like, dang, I just made a lot of money right now. I could probably make 150. I could probably make 200. I could probably make 300. And they start getting greedy and they hold the trade longer than what it actually could make. And they mm -hmm. start ignoring what's actually happening because they're letting their emotions take over. It's a positive emotion because it's a, I can make more. I can have more. I can be abundant that type of mindset but again it's also a negative one because it can negatively affect your account because it's an emotion and emotion isn't like a concrete way of assessing your trading strategy so that's greed arrogance is i know this is what my strategy said to do but i'm not going to do it anyway i'm just going to do what i want to do so you know i had that problem you know <laughs> starting out i i kind of had that problem a little bit starting out um but then what i realized is okay I can make my strategy. I can make it fit me. So it's not like I have to listen to somebody else's. I could create, I created my own. So now it's basically my way of saying, my way of ironing the clothes. So you said iron the clothes this way? No, I'm gonna do it this way. And I just created it to make sure that it fits me. So if it fits me, it fits me and it protects me, 
but it also allows me to make money. It's perfect. So I'm just going to now I'll now my thing is I have to listen to the strategy. Mm-hmm. If I don't listen to it, I'm going to fail. So I make it super simple. I have a strategy that works. If I don't listen to the strategy, I'll probably lose money. If I listen mm-hmm. to the strategy, I'll make money. It's as simple as that. So all I got to yeah. do is what? Listen to the strategy. <laughs> I make it super simple. And then, so the, the, the last two, co- the emotions is cockiness. So let's say you won five times in a row. And I was like, oh, I'm on fire right now. Bet this next trade about to be a winner. That's cockiness. You don't, every trade has a 50% outcome of working, 50-50, because either it wins or it loses. Either you make money on the trade or you lose money. It's just, or mm-hmm. break even. Like, it's that simple. It's 50-50. It's never, oh, it's an 80% chance that it's going to do this. No, you don't know what's going to happen. The market could do sure. anything. The market be doing some ridiculous stuff. It be doing backflips, somersaults, and triple flips, and all that stuff. And you don't know that. You can't predict it. Right. All you can do is just see what's happening and take advantage of it. That's it. So I know that it's a 50% chance that this is going to happen. So that means I have to manage my risk the same exact way. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to put all my money into this. I'm going to put some money into this, into this, into this, into this. Whatever makes more money is cool. It don't matter because I know every single one of them is a 50% chance and a 50% probability. So cockiness is bad because it, it, it obscures your perspective. The last thing, my favorite, fear. Most people are fearful of, make, fearful of losing money. So for example, they enter a trade and they're losing like a little bit of money. And it's like, oh, I don't know. It's going against me. And they sell. Not, the strategy didn't tell them to sell. Their emotion did. So now they sell. And then let's say the market goes back up again. And they did, they, now they lost out on a couple hundred, couple thousand dollars because they sold too early. And now they're like, dang, the market sucks. I don't like this. I quit. <laughs> then true. you got people that's fearful of being, um, fearful of missing out. So let's say, GameStop or AMC, you know, those things, they kind of shot yeah. up crazy. And it's like, dang, I need to get in. And they'll get in. And then the market took the huge dip again. And then it just sells off. And they're like, dang, I got in. But then they got it at the top and not got it at the bottom. So now they think they're missing out. And then they enter off of fear of missing out. And they might lose money. Or they might not be able to sell their position. Or they might not be able to see that type of thing. So fear of missing out. That kills people. So it's like, dang. I missed out on all this money. Dang, I hate trading. I quit. <laughs> and then you wow. got fear of fear of losing profits. So, for example, you might be entering a trade and you might be up a little bit of money, but it's not moving fast enough for you. So it's like, dang, I think it's about the reverse. I'm a sell. Didn't nothing told you to sell. Nothing told you. And now the market's slowly going up and then it just spikes up crazy. You would have been up 100 percent 120 percent 30 300 percent all that but you sold too early now you're like dang i lost out on all this money right now i could have made this man screw trading i don't like it actually it's so it's like and it's so and this this is my favorite one because most people they they hate this so fear fear of being wrong Mm. that's my favorite one most people like you can agree with me you don't most people don't like being wrong I don't like me. I don't like being wrong. You don't like being wrong. No one likes to be nah. wrong. It's, it right. sucks. Like, why would you want to be wrong? So you're saying, so this is what kills people. There's two things. So if you get into, let's say you, you're looking at the market, you're setting it at, uh, everything. Everything's set up perfectly. 
So now you can enter the trade. Your strategy told you you can enter the trade. And you don't enter the trade because, uh, well, I think it looked good, but I don't want to be wrong, so I'm not going to enter the trade. So now, even though you're right, even though you could have made money, it's like, I don't want to be wrong. So now you're just looking at the market and you're just spectating. And now you're like, oh, I, well, I could have made this much money on this trade. All right, cool. Well, next time I'm going to get in the trade. Next time, the next time comes and you're like, dang, this is set up perfectly just like last time. Uh, I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to be wrong. And then you miss out on more money because you don't want to be wrong. Or, oh, this, this is why people blow accounts right here. They'll get in the trade and then it starts pulling back 10%, 15%. And it's like, ah, uh, nah, it's going to go back up. It's okay. I'm, I'm right. You know, I'm right on this trade. I'm, it's going to go back up. And then it's down 30%, 40%. Ah, uh, all right. It's about to hit a bot. It's about to hit this bottom and then it's going to bounce back up. All right. It's down 50%, 60%. Uh, no, I, I'm going to give it a little bit more time. I think it's about to hit this bottom right here. I'm about to, I think it's going to bounce off here. And then it's going to go back up and then it's going to make me money. Then they're down 70% and it's like, I'll sell it. They sell it right there for a 70% loss. And then what are they going to do? They're going to blame it on the market. They're going to blame it on everybody but themselves. And then they're going to quit. And then they're going to say, this is not for me. But all they did was they were fearful of being wrong. They were fearful of making money. Fearful of losing money. They were greedy, arrogant, or cocky. And that's usually what caused people to lose. So